Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Sheriff Spotlight with the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office. Highlighting the office and deputies dedicated to providing law enforcement services and maintaining the trust and support of Rockingham County citizens all while keeping neighborhoods and communities safe. Good morning and welcome back to Sheriff Spotlight with the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. I am your host for today's show, Lieutenant Kevin Southard, and in the studio with me today is Sheriff Sam Page. Sheriff, good morning. Good morning, and I'm glad to be back in Rockingham County. Absolutely, absolutely. A great place. Now, let's start off today's show. There's a lot to talk about, so let's start off today's show, unfortunately, on a somber note. Let's talk about the tragedy in Texas that happened just a few days ago. Uh, of course, I'm referring to the shooting at Ross Elementary School um, there in Uvalde, Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's about 80 miles, from, I think, from San Antonio and not far from the U.S.-Mexican border. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, a very, very tragic, horrible incident occurred, uh, loss of many lives, mm -hmm. uh, young children, precious lives. <laughs> and um, I, I, of course, yesterday I was watching uh, the news response and the conversation. I was This morning I was listening to the Chief of Border Patrol uh, talk about uh, his employees, uh, several Border Patrol agents, because they have a station there uh, near Uvalde, uh, near the border, they uh, responded. And he was telling how they responded. And of course, I think actually one of the Border Patrol agents actually shot the, the suspect and stopped him. As bad as it was, it could have been worse. Of course, and, 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 I, think, and I, think that, I think one of the Border Patrol agents also got shot too, but, uh, but they did stop the threat. Now, since this happened, we've had a lot of concerned parents locally reach out to us about what are we doing to prevent something exactly. like that from happening here in Rockingham yeah. County. Why don't we talk about it? Well, I go things. back uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, uh, I was in communications with uh, Stephanie Ellis. Stephanie is the person in charge of security, school safety, security, and crisis counseling, and those response teams uh, for the school system in Rockingham County. And uh, it was late night, but we put together a message to the parents mm -hmm. to let the parents know that all of the police chiefs, myself as sheriff, were in communications with each other about actually what we do is we're just looking out for our schools and increasing our safety presence uh, at many schools as we could uh, t until school gets out. School gets out next Friday mm -hmm. a week. And so we want to make sure that we let the parents know, rest assured, that you know, we're going to try to bring in extra help where we can to, uh, to help put them at ease and right. the children at ease so they can finish out the school year. And so we did that. Um, but there are safety procedures well, well, and stuff already in place. That's what, that's place. what I'm getting ready to say, is that we told them what we're doing now, additional. But there already is and has been a comprehensive safety plan that's been underway for a while at our county school systems. Uh, ever since I've been sheriff, we've we've been in touch from the uh, when Roy Cooper was the attorney general, and and working with him on school safety initiatives and his safe school initiative mm -hmm. uh, years ago. Uh, fast forward, uh, we have a, a comprehensive safety plan. 
Uh, we have protocols in place. Our school resource officers, and here's the thing, every high school and middle school in Rockingham County has a school resource officer. And several of the elementary schools now have resource officers, but like out in the county, we have like five schools that have two resource officers spending time between those five schools. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but we also compensate by some of our command staff, myself, you, we all have an assigned elementary school that we visit daily mm -hmm. uh, to, for presence. Uh, we also, um, I've talked with the State Highway Patrol uh, supervisor in Rockingham County, and we also have the support of North Carolina Highway Patrol. They also are, are involved in school safety awareness and participate in the presence by patrolling some of the areas of our area schools. So. For the parents, we, we already have school safety initiatives in place. Now, over the past few years, the, the federal government passing down to the state has appropriated monies for target hardening, for uh, secure doors, for camera systems around <coughs> the schools, inside the schools, and also for controlling access into the schools. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Those buzz-in systems. Buzz-in, yeah, yeah, well, you have yeah. to get buzzed in. Now, uh, I did notice last night that uh, Sheriff Kimbrough in Winston-Salem and community uh, citizens and, and leaders met with the public for public uh, discussion on kind of next steps. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of discussions and stuff like this. And of course, at the national level, uh, there's discussions about school safety, uh, gun laws, uh, gun control. There are a lot of things being discussed uh, at the federal level. Our president was on TV. Uh, yesterday evening talking, yesterday mm -hmm. afternoon evening was talking. But uh, the thing is, is rest assured, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that our schools are safe in Rockingham County. We're going to make sure that uh, our children can go into an environment and learn because they ain't going to worry about something happening to them. And the teachers can also teach because they're not in fear of every day having to worry about something happening to them. Uh, we're going to try to maintain that presence mm -hmm. and be there to assist and support them and the staff, uh, and we always have, but we're going to continue that. Um, I will say this, and uh, you can't me on the date, but I believe it was in 2018. Remember 2018? Mm -hmm. uh, the, during the budget hearing, the commission meeting, I went before the commissioners, and uh, I asked for additional funding for some additional resource officers, school resource officers, particularly for the elementary school level. Right. And of course, unfortunately, it's, it's money-driven, and uh, you know we didn't have the money, so therefore we could not support that that request. But uh, but I have made the request. It's not the first time. I've also made suggestions based on. Um, I can't remember the number of the bill. I want to say five House Bill five seventy nine. But basically, it was it was a bill where the law was like back in two thousand twelve mm -hmm. was introduced at least at least ten years ago. Uh, that was introduced that basically allowed for retired law enforcement and retired law enforcement military members uh, to be able to brought, be brought back in kind of a vol like a volunteer uh, enforcement group, security mm -hmm. group. And uh, the only problem was the legislature, when they wrote the bill, it was flawed because it didn't have all the connectivity. Here was the program and, and here, here you are, but how do you get to that to, to establish that? It was mm -hmm. not really drawn out properly. <clears throat> the bill needs to really be looked at. Uh, and could be looked at for, for feasibility. And I know you reached out to the, I remember you reached I, I out a, to the legislature. Well, I did a news conference, mm -hmm. and actually I did a news conference, uh, I think uh, Senator Berger. I think Senator Berger was and there. And I believe yeah. maybe Speaker Tim Moore was here. Mm -hmm. and, and, we, and we pushed that out because I want to let them know there was law that allowed for the volunteer programs for school, school safety resource officers as a volunteer, but 
it was still needed to be worked on. Yeah, you can't get there from here. It's, yeah. it's pretty much where yeah. we were at, yeah. and it, we needed it was, to fill it. Was, it, was a good, yeah. it was it was a good concept, but it but it didn't have all the mechanics how to get there. Mm -hmm. So that needed to be worked on. But right now, where we're at is where do we find the funding to provide for the school resource officers? I was listening one of the news stations the other day. A lot of times, if you just listen to the news, you hear other people's perspectives. And I was listening, and there is money. There is money. I've made a suggestion to our for, at the congressional level that there be reappropriation. Let me explain. In North Carolina, following the COVID situation, there were CARES money, money that was put out to be used for uh, COVID-related issues. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be dealing with COVID for a long time, and we learned a lot over the past two years. But there are millions and millions of dollars in the North Carolina and across the country that money could be utilized uh, if it could be uh, because right now a lot of your governments, as I understand it, your local governments do not understand exactly what they can use it for. Right. So it's not being used. Right. So yeah. it's, so it's just sitting there. So there's millions of dollars they could go toward a startup to add additional if it can be redirected and authorized by Congress to allow for additional funding to pay for school resource officers. For elementary schools now personally i'd like to have a school resource officer in every school mm -hmm. i truly believe that an armed trained professional in those schools working with those kids working with our children uh, is, is is very is a very good mechanism to reduce the chances of uh threat in your schools uh also having building those relationships with the kids is important also and the staff and that's what a school resource officer does i'm a former school resource officer but we got to find the money mm -hmm. it's all about the money and so I found the money listening to somebody on speaking on the news, and I have suggested it to our to one of my congressmen. Mm -hmm. You need to look at this: the feasibility of redirecting those funds so we can hire some personnel, uh, additional school resource officers. So we're waiting on the response there. So that's kind of where we're at. But there are millions of dollars out there that are not being utilized right now that could be utilized for startup money. Now the second part of that is is when you start a program, you want to continue that safety program. So I've asked. Also, that there be a way, like a continuing resolution or a continuing grant, that once you're in the program, that you can write to receive funding for the next years or years down the road mm -hmm. to cover those positions to continue those programs. Because you don't want to start it and then two years have to end it. Right. We want to start it. We want to continue it. But I've got five elementary schools with only two school resource officers, and I'd like to have them all covered. Uh, we also have a charter school. I also have early college. So those are some other areas. Mm -hmm. We're trying to do what we can, and the local police departments are doing a great job, trying to do everything they can do to cover the schools and provide that extra presence. But we still have limitations because you only got so many people. Right. And uh, the, the, the only downside to everything we've talked about is this. As you know, coming out of COVID, and there were COVID monies that covered persons and stuff like this, but it kind of, we saw a situation where people were, uh, basically uh, were funded, but they didn't want to go back to work. Right. So right now you're, you're seeing shortages in manpower. I don't, whether it be the jail, whether it be patrol work in the field, uh, whether it be an in industry. Uh, uh, I, somebody told me the other day, one of the local restaurants was having a, was having a hiring bonus uh, to come on board. And I'm saying, man, it's everywhere. One, it's one everywhere. Yeah. So everybody's experiencing shortages. So even if the funding does come, you still have to make sure that you hire the best qualified persons that be the right fit with that school. There's getting the position and then there's filling the position. And filling the position. Those are two and different you just, you just can't hire somebody off the street to right. be that school resource officer. Because here's the thing. In the event of a tragic, trauma, uh, trauma, traumatic situation, that school resource officer is the SWAT team, 
is the special forces team, is that first responder that's going to go to that threat and stop that threat. We learned in Columbine that you can't just set up a perimeter and call in the SWAT team while shooting's going on because every minute that goes by, that's a life. Mm -hmm. And every life is precious. So we want to make sure that our guys, know, guys and girls know that when you're a school resource officer, you are the person. You are that one force that's got to get in there initially and stop that threat. But there's so much more to being a school resource officer oh, yeah. than that as well. Yeah. They're mentors well, and, and well, teachers. And a school resource officer is a is a is a mentor, uh, is a, a teacher of law related education, mm -hmm. is a security force mechanism, a law enforcement officer to enforce state laws if necessary, uh, to protect the children and the staff. Uh, but biggest thing is is a resource to the staff, the principal, the teachers. And, and the and students, kids. absolutely. And if you've got the students communicating with you, mm -hmm. you can have safer schools. That's where you're going to hear. That's where, where it is. Because yeah. everybody says, well, we, we need to do this, this, and this. I said, let me explain this to you. You can put all the metal detectors in the schools, but you still got to have somebody monitor those metal detectors. Do you have a person you can dedicate every day, 24, I was kidding, 24, but eight hours a day, five days a week, to monitor that metal detector if everybody comes in? And the answer is no, mm. you don't. But the thing is, but what you can do is you can build a relationship with the children. And if the children are open and they trust you, they will talk to you, they will talk to the teachers, they will talk to the principal. They hear things, Roy, you know, they hear things a lot, long time before we do. And that's your best security mechanism is building that trust and relationship with the children. So we love our kids. They're precious. We want to protect them to the parents that are listening to this broadcast here, here in Rockingham County and across the country. You see this broadcast, we just want to let you know we care about our children and we're going to do everything we can to protect our children and our teachers in our schools. And let me just say, as a parent with children in the schools, I feel confident. You have two, you have two children. I do. And uh, I feel confident about the measures that are put in place to help keep them safe. I don't worry about them um, because I know what we're what we're doing to try to keep them safe. Well, a lot so, of people don't. A lot of families. You can't you can't eliminate the possibility of any threat, but I know that we could address one if there was one, and we would do it quickly. Well, well a lot of you know, we agree. A lot of parents in the county still don't know that we have a lot of we have safety plans already in place. Right. And we, we and there's been a lot of target hardening. When I say that, I mean a lot of security doors, a lot of locking systems, a lot of things have been added to schools. And cameras have been added and, and duress alarms have been added over the past few years that have, through funding through the state and fed so that's already going on we've got we got a great group of people at the central school office that work with stephanie ellis and her team dr shotwell uh, our superintendent they work together with law enforcement to, as a partnership to make sure we have safe schools. And we conduct the different trainings throughout the year, generally during summer when school is we, out. But, uh, our school resource officers and our, even our command staff, we have the opportunity mm -hmm. to listen to and to train and to educate each other about what the needs are. Uh, I, will tell you, I will tell you this, is that I got invited down to the coast with Dr. Shotwell and, and Ms. Ellis, Dr. Ellis. I got invited down to the coast uh, probably three years ago down there to speak uh, before a group of principals and educators and superintendents and they actually had the principal of Sandy Hook come and speak. Mm. Now, I've, in my career, I've met a lot of interesting people, but to listen to him tell the story about when that event occurred, and then when they had to lead the children out from, from seeing where their classmates, some of the fellow classmates were deceased, and they told me they had to cover their eyes and they had to lead them out to get them out of that area and stuff like that, and then the impact and stuff like this, the psychological impact. He told a lot of things that you, a lot of people don't hear, but 
I will tell you this is a sheriff, I pay attention. I'm concerned if something happens here, California, Texas, wherever it's at, because I know the situation could happen here. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure we do everything we can working together to protect us and protect our children to make sure it doesn't and we reduce the chances of it happening in our communities. Mm. So that's that's kind of what I've been dealing with. It's tugging at your heart. Uh, I said something yesterday uh, on local TV. I, t I was being interviewed, and I said, you know, one thing, one problem. What I see is we need to make sure that we teach our children about loving one another, mm -hmm. about loving our fellow man. You know, uh, you know. Uh, Life is ha precious. Having, having God back in your heart mm -hmm. and caring about one another and, and, and teaching our kids about tolerance and about getting along even when we disagree. And But the thing is, we should teach love for one another, love for the fellow man. Life is not a video game. There right. is no reboot, no restart no. button. Once a, once a life is gone, it's gone. It's gone. Good. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. So, you know, that's that's kind of what, you know, that's kind of what's been going on this week. A lot of a lot of stuff on our minds. I, you know, I just got back from, uh, from Arizona, from uh, Cochise County, Arizona, um, Monday night about midnight, and then Tuesday. Rolled right into this the, Tuesday afternoon, this rolled Well, tell, tell us about that trip. Well, what was that about, and uh, why did you go there? Okay. Well, I've got, I've got to go back. Uh, our HIDA, which is part of the DEA, uh, was supported by the DEA and the federal government, uh, flew about 30 bosses, uh, law enforcement uh, executives. Now, out. what's what's HIDA? HIDA is a, it's called it's a high intensity drug trafficking area, and basically it's a task force. Now, I'm part of the we're part of the Atlanta region, which means Atlanta, North Carolina, and and South Carolina and Georgia. We're all part of the same HIDA. Now, we have a task force from that HIDA. <coughs> it's called the Piedmont HIDA, mm -hmm. which means uh, Greensboro, one same high point. Uh, Rockingham County, Eden PD, uh, Riesville, we have representatives on that task force. And then you have your local, at the sheriff's office, working with the police forms, we have our county-wide drug task force. So you have a federal task force, big picture, uh, then you have the uh, regional area, which is the Piedmont task force, and then we have the local task force, mm -hmm. which works together. And what we're trying to do is combat the drug problems that are taking lives in our communities every day. It's a force multiplier, and but but the reason why I went to, went out there was I got to go to what's called Epic, the 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 El Paso Intelligence Center, and I, because a lot of it's confidential and protected information, and it helps us catch bad guys. I'll just say this: they monitor a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. and they do a lot of things in that center to help protect. America and the American people. And I got to see it firsthand along with the other executives. I got to ask questions of former Border Patrol agents, Border Patrol agents. Uh, we visited, uh, we went to the Santa Teresa Port, Santa Teresa Port of Entry mm -hmm. and we saw where they inspect the trucks coming through. Uh, we talked to some of the Border Patrol agents right on the border, um, asked the questions. We saw some of the current policies that where they're, where they're affecting their work and their ability to perform their, and do their duties pretty much is the administration has put restri restrictions on the, uh, and policy restrictions on the Border Patrol agents where they're more transport persons, processing persons, and babysitters. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, they, they're not out on the border as much as they used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you see the border barriers and stuff, but border barriers can be climbed over, run around, and, and dug under. Yes, we know that. They're, all, they're totally, the barriers that you see are totally designed to slow down what's coming from the other side to give time for a response to deal with the situation, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so 
we we had a good visit out there. Uh, we were at probably we were right beside Juarez, Mexico, El Paso, Juarez, and Juarez is probably one of the most dangerous cities in the world, and stuff like this. But but a lot of uh, ninety five percent of your drugs come through Mexico into the United States, and then once it gets here, it goes to North Carolina, it goes to Georgia. And that's the question that I get asked the most: uh, Why does it matter? Uh, what is going on at the border, why does it matter to us here in Rockingham County? Well, the big picture is this. It's like a water spigot, you know. Everything flows from the border. 95% of the dangerous drugs that are taking lives in our community are coming through the border. If we stop the drugs there, they don't get, it doesn't broad, it doesn't spread out. It's a lot easier to catch it when it's close and together at one location than it is to go to multiple locations and try to combat it. Yeah. So that's ground zero for the drugs coming in, and that's why if we protect our borders and secure our borders, then the human trafficking element doesn't get in, the drugs don't get in, the terrorists don't get in, the criminal elements don't get in, all that, and the uncontrolled migration. But the, the point about it is if we don't stop drugs there and, and they get into, the, into our communities, it's, it's pretty much too late because then it just goes everywhere. Now you cited some statistics for the past five years on a recent interview with uh, Fox. Uh, Fox News yeah. um, for Rockingham County and to bring it home because I don't know that everybody knows All right. what the situation is here. Tell us about those numbers. Okay. In the past five years, analysis over the past five years, we've had 142 deaths. People have died due to, to overdoses. That's confirmed overdoses. Confirmed overdoses yeah. have died due to the drugs that are coming across the border all the way to Rockingham County, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. We've had 1,100 overdose calls in five years, 1,100 where we had to respond. Of those responses, we've had 1,645 Narcan uses. Narcan is a drug that's designed to counteract the effects of opioids in an overdose situation that save lives. So our firemen, our paramedics, our deputies, our police officers, they've deployed Narcan 1,645 times in the past five years. Uh, what I worry about is if we don't get a handle on this addiction issue, which is a which is a public health issue, if we don't try to help people get off the drugs and reduce and, and do and reduce the demand for those, <clears throat> how many more people will die? Now, last year in America, 100 and nearly 8,000 people, 108,000 people nearly died due to drug overdoses in America. Died, 108,000 people. And I read somewhere and that equates to like one every five minutes. One every minutes. five minutes. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is where is the clamor? Where is the people? Where is the president? Where's the outrage? Where's that? Where's the president? Where is, is Congress? Where the, the persons have the ability to fund the efforts to combat these problems. Where are they on these issues? You don't hear it. Mm -hmm. You hear about all these other issues, but it is a public health issue addiction. Mm -hmm. And, and the drug trade, the Mexican drug cartel, they're the ones making $52 billion a year on drug movement into our country. And they're making likewise about the same moving people illegally. So the thing about it is, is you've got a criminal element that controls a 17, a 1900, excuse me, a 1900 mile border control. It's not that the border with Mexico is not controlled by the Mexican government. It's controlled by the Mexican drug cartel. Right. And they, the government, is not taking action to shut them down. And I, what I've asked at the big picture is for our Congress to, to push that this administration work towards shutting the business down. We need to take all of our federal uh, investigative agencies 
as when they go go after the cart, uh, they go after the um, terrorists, mm -hmm. we need to use the same principles going after the Mexican drug cartels and put them out of business. And as far as uh, the president in Mexico, President Obrador, um, the last administration used used sanctions such as uh, tariffs and stuff like this to get attention to understand it. You need to do certain things, or this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't believe there's a, there's support uh, from Mexico on these issues and their leadership. And the thing about it is, if you've got a criminal element that's controlling your communities and controlling your border, stuff like this, that's a sad commentary. Mm -hmm. and, I, and let me tell you something. I don't know how many people, hundreds of thousands of people have died uh, since 2006 uh, when, they, when they declared their war on drugs in Mexico. But I, don't, I can't tell you how many people, and I have the number, but how many hundreds of thousands of people have died in Mexico uh, over the past, since 2006 or over the past year. But I can tell you what, what I care about is 142 people died in my, my county over the past five years, and that's, that's one too many. From drugs So if you stop the flow of drugs at the border, big picture, and, and a public, our citizens in Rockingham County know, as a member of the Border Security Committee for the National Sheriffs, we pay attention and we track that data and we bring it back home to let people know what we're dealing with. But if you don't control it there, it becomes very hard to a control it here. here. Yeah. And also supply and demand. You've got to reduce the demand for the drugs through treatment and work on people with addiction and try to save lives, supply and demand, and then cut the demand. So you've got to work it on both ends. Mm -hmm. So that's the big picture. It makes a lot of sense for the reason why Sheriff Page goes to the border is to let people know about the threats and the risks that are coming to you, to your community in North Carolina, South Carolina, and across. Why not stop it there so we don't have to deal with it here? Exactly. If, yeah. we, help, if we help our federal partners and our local partners there, then we help everybody here. And you're trying to bring attention to right. it. It's like fighting yeah. a war. It's like fighting a war. Who wants to fight a war on their own, on their own, own land? Yeah. We'd rather fight it abroad than right here. Look at the war on terror. We took it to Afghanistan. We took it to Iraq. We took it to other countries. So we didn't have to fight so it So we here. didn't have to fight it here. Exactly. But, but what I'm afraid to say is this. Recently arrested uh, person, I think recently arrested some terrorists that were uh, posing a threat to one of our former presidents just recently. Came uh, across the border. Came across the, yes. our, our border uh, in, uh, in uh, Panama. Ten, ten, per, ten persons in the past couple of years that were tied in with a terrorist activity in the Middle East were arrested coming through the Panama chain. Mm -hmm. were identified through the, they were identified because they were on the wanted list and the biometric systems that they have in place to try to identify bad guys. Mm -hmm. So terrorists are gaming our system and terrorists are using our weak link, our border. And it's an old saying, it's an old saying, I think Ronald Reagan said this, is a nation that cannot control its borders, it's not a nation. Mm -hmm. We've got to protect America starting at our borders to protect America and the American people. Mm -hmm. I love what I do, I care about what I do, but in law enforcement, uh, if we're going to fight the war on drugs, we got to take it to where it starts. You can't get complacent in law no. enforcement or anything it's else. Lives. It's lives. It's lives. All right. Uh, uh, with the remaining time that we have in the show, I want uh, I want you to give us a few tips with Memorial Day coming up here. I want you to give us some water safety tips, and they're also calling for some weather. We've had a tornado yes. hit. Okay. I want right. to talk about that too. Uh, miss one thing. We're going to have a memorial ceremony mm -hmm. at Wentworth Park. At two two o'clock, I understand two o'clock on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're all invited. A memorial ceremony for our veterans. An awesome uh, ceremony, by the way. It is. Yeah, it is. Okay. But but the other thing the other thing is is we just got a weather a notice. You know, we just went through it. Had a tornado about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Come through not far from where we're at now, and 26 homes damaged. 
but no lives lost, thank God. Yes, yes. And, and we, we were blessed. But uh, we're getting words of bad storms coming, so uh, Possibility make, sure, make sure cell phone's charged over the next uh, 20, uh, 24 to 72 hours. Uh, cell phone's charged. Make sure you got water, water at your house. Uh, make sure your flashlights are charged up. Uh, make sure that if an event that you get a call of a, a tornado, a watch or warning in your area, you take cover. Don't be outside trying have to film. Have a plan. Yeah, have yeah. a plan. Don't be outside trying to film this because no. it's very dangerous, very deadly. And uh, we were tracking it, and I can tell you, it's very, very dangerous. Uh, Mother Nature. She uh, don't play. She don't play. Yeah. So, so again, so watch your weather as we progress to the summer period where we have a lot of the thunderstorms and the afternoon weather issues. Make sure that you pay attention to your weather channel or your local news. Now, I want to end up the program here, and you gave these tips out the other day. I want to reiterate them uh, because Memorial Day is kind of the official kickoff yeah, of the summer uh -huh. and the vacation season. Uh, give us some water safety tips. A okay. lot of people will be out on the water. Okay. Uh, we were talking the other day about this. Is the most important thing you can do uh, when you're on, when you're on any waterway is if you if you can learn how to swim before you get in the water. But it, even if you can swim, the most important piece of equipment you can put on you, especially when you go on the rivers and stuff, is a personal flotation device, a life vest. Mm -hmm. Keyword: life vest. It can save your life, keep your head above water. Mm -hmm. um, the life vests mm -hmm. are very important. Um, Make sure you know where you're going. You're familiar with the area, if, especially if you're going to go on the rivers and stuff like this. Uh, make sure you don't go by yourself. Make sure you bring communications in Rockingham County. If you're passing under a bridge, you should see a road name. Uh, we've had those put on or the Department of Transportation so people know where they're at. Mm -hmm. uh, plan your trip. Watch the weather. Absolutely. Uh, they're coming on uh, oncoming and weather. And don't stay on the water in bad weather because exactly. that's super exactly. dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. And especially in this time of year when you start seeing lightning, thunder, thunderstorms, lightning, yes. get off the waterway stuff. It's very dangerous. Yeah. But um, the main thing is plan your trip um, and make sure make sure you, you have those personal flotation devices, those life vests. It can save your life. Mm -hmm. We had a tragic situation last June where several family members uh, lost their lives on our river and something like this, and we don't want to see that happen again. Absolutely. So anything we do. Also, pay attention to some of the signage at some of the entry points. Uh, to, their, to our local rivers and stuff like this. It should have some information uh, that can be very helpful to you and to safety of you and your family. Absolutely. And remember, alcohol and water don't mix, Egg. whether you're swimming or operating a boat or that's, any of that That's stuff. right. We're blessed in Rockingham County. We've got lakes, we've got waterways and stuff like this. But when you go out on the water, be careful. And you're right, alcohol and water don't mix. That's right. You don't want to take a chance. Life's too precious. Well, we thank you for tuning in to Sheriff Spotlight for the uh, month of May here, 2022. Uh, we will see you again next month. I want to say one thing to all our graduates for 2022. Congratulations to all our college graduates, our high school graduates, our elementary school graduates and stuff. We, we appreciate you. You're so precious to us and we wish you the best of luck. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in, uh, coming up in June. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's coming quick. Sheriff Spotlight. There you go. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.